Welcome to Attorney Heart, the podcast focused on bringing awareness to and promoting attorney well-being. Join Attorney Heart as you embark on a journey to improve the quality of your professional and personal life. And now, here's your host, Fernando Flores. Looking up, there's always sky. Rest your head, I'll take you high. We won't fade into darkness. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Attorney Heart Podcast. This is Fernando Flores, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. And today, I am really excited to bring you our next guest, Karen Nurizade. Karen, how are you? Good, great, thanks. And I wanna thank you for being on, and just so that folks have a little bit more about your background, Karen is a former New York City litigator, and after discovering the, the healing philosophy and tools of yoga and meditation, Karen really uncovered her true calling, which was blending Western science and research with Eastern wisdom and practice. And Karen spent more than a decade practicing law and working at companies that were in the Fortune 50 list before she actually embarked on her path, on her journey of healing and health. Currently, Karen teaches classes, seminars. She does trainings and workshops related to mindfulness, stress management, meditation, yoga, and she has brought her expertise to the corporate world, including NBC, ABC, American Express, Saks Fifth Avenue, KPMG, Equinox Fitness Club, Trust Bank of the West, and a lot of other places. Karen is credentialed with an advanced yoga and meditation certification, and she has studied meditation and yoga in India, which I'm excited to talk to you about because last year I actually <laughs> went to India for six weeks. So um, let's get to it. Karen, thank you so much for being on. Excellent. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Karen, well, tell us, you know, I told folks a little bit about what you've been doing, but tell us a little bit more about your journey, right, as an attorney and how it was that you ended up, you know, finding your, your true calling. So it wasn't as straight forward as going from law to yoga, um, but my, my being an attorney for about 10 years in New York City, it was, I needed something, I, I was in court four times a week, and so by the end of the day, I'd be exhausted. <laughs> And I, going to the gym and doing whatever classes that I was used to doing or exercise that I was used to doing wasn't um, something that was palatable anymore because I just felt like I needed energy to be in those classes and I wanted something to give me more energy and relax me. And so I gravitated to yoga and meditation while I was practicing. Um, and I really liked practicing law because a lot. I think a lot of people assume that I got out of it and I didn't like it. I'd say the last couple of years, I didn't appreciate it as much. But um, for the first, like, say, seven and a half years, seven year itch, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was really enjoying it. And I loved the challenges. I loved being in court. I loved the investigation, the writing. There was so much of it that I loved. And I had a really nice work balance also, which my law firm respected. So that was really helpful to help me enjoy. Um, I would say that I guess I got disenchanted by a lot of stuff that I eventually saw. And I um, 
didn't feel as fulfilled in helping other people as I had first felt. And I felt it was more of a game. And then you see the politics and the business of yoga. And um, so that sort of started to turn me away from it after I would say like the seven and a half year mark. And then I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I looked at my background and said, well, what do I, what are my skills and what could I do with these skills? And so I tried pharmaceutical sales for a year because I was a medical malpractice defense attorney. So I knew a lot about, and my dad was a doctor, my mom was a nurse. So I knew a lot about medicine and um, pharmacy. And people always said, Karen, you have a great personality for sales. So I wanted to try that out. And I did for a year and it wasn't as wonderful as I had hoped it would be. <laughs> um, and then I tried, I worked for AIG, uh, American International Group, for a short time when I was a lawyer, about four years. And I knew insurance really well also. And so I start, I became a wholesale insurance broker and for a year also. And same, I found that it wasn't what I wanted. So I took off some time and got hired by somebody as a consultant in New Jersey. And after that is sort of when I said, you know what, I'm kind of tired of trying to do all the things that I should be doing and where my skills line up. It's sort of like, what do I want to do? What, what's going to fulfill me um, in a job or a career? And I knew that yoga, when I was practicing law, that I loved yoga and meditation for so many reasons. And so I said, you know, let me explore this further. And now it's 11 years later. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. so awesome. And, and you're right. It wasn't as linear as I, as I originally described it in the beginning. Right. I don't tell that many people the whole transition because it takes a while to explain it. So mm. they usually get the, you know, the, the little jump version. But I think, honestly, it's really helpful to, to share it as well, especially, you know, if we have time, like, like in this platform, right, like a podcast, because folks uh, who may be interested in exploring something that potentially, maybe they've been working as an attorney for a long time, and they, they have enjoyed it, but they might be reaching a period kind of like what you did when you decided to make a transition, right? And it wasn't that immediately after you, you know, you were litigating, you decided to jump into yoga and meditation, right? It, it, you had to walk some additional steps before you actually reach that destination that you, uh, that, you know, yeah. that you enjoy so much now. And, and um, yeah. Yeah, and it requires, and I would say that for anybody who's interest, interested in transitioning for yoga, it doesn't matter, I mean, not in, interested in transitioning away from the law and not into yoga, but um, it doesn't necessarily matter that you're a lawyer and you know all these wonderful things that you know from your law practice that you'll be an easy hire for another company. I've actually found <laughs> it almost more difficult because people say, well, these are your skills. You know, you don't have skills in pharmaceutical sales. You don't have skills in brokering. 
So why should we hire you? So I, when I was hired and I made a very convincing case, because I'm a lawyer, <laughs> um, right, that right. <laughs> you know, I could I could do this <laughs> because that I that I wanted this, and this is what I was interested in, and I would start at entry level, and so I think it's humbling for anybody who's gone from a position of ten years in the practice, which you're considered usually an expert in your field at around the tenth year, so making a transition after you've spent a number of time in years in another, in a legal profession, it's very humbling to have to start at entry level again. And I've done that a number of times. But um, I think that you almost have to look at yourself as having just graduated from college again and looking for a whole new career. Um, Because even though you have life skills or legal skills, when I was getting hired, it was really hard for people to take me out of that legal box and put me into a different box. Mm. And so even with yoga, when I applied for a yoga position at the studio in Manhattan, the manager said, well, you're a lawyer. Like the only positions that we have available are the front desk for $8 an hour. And I said, I'll take it. But you're a lawyer. Why would you want to take it? Like, why would you do this? And I said, I want to be a yoga instructor. And I was getting certified at the time. So I said, and I need the experience and I need to start somewhere. I need to start somewhere. So if the front desk is where I need to start to get my leg in the door, so be it. And he said, well, you're on the Upper East Side, you know, and there's a lot of people on the Upper East Side of Manhattan who are very particular and, you know, demanding or condescending, are you going to be able to handle that? And so I said, well, you know, I handled a lot while I was a lawyer, so let's bring it on. Um, And so that's how it it happened. Uh, But every position that I started at was me making a case for myself as to I'm overqualified for this job or not qualified in the skills that you need. Why? Why should I hire you? Hmm. So that is an obstacle, but it's not an insurmountable obstacle. And I think that if you get, I had bosses that were thinker, they thought outside of the box and um, they were really willing to take a chance. Mm -hmm. You know, Karen, you bring up a really important point in terms of sometimes, um, folks may not want to make a transition because it requires that you do start from scratch, you know, that you do start over and uh, potentially the, you know, some of the lowest rungs in that field. Right. Um, you mentioned a, a perspective, a mindset. They're like, well, you just got to look at yourself as if you're, you're a college, you know, student, a college graduate and, and you're, you're starting from there and that's just where you need to be. Um, what other things did you have to tap into either in terms of your mindset, in terms of your spirit, emotionally, to be able to uh, engage in those transitions? Because it sounds like you were really passionate about going into yoga and you were not going to let anything stop you, including, you know, where you had to start in that field. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Any other thoughts around I that? I think, 
I think that the mindset has to be, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm not special. Just because I'm a lawyer, I'm not special. Just because I made a lot more money, I'm not special. I am the average person. I don't know if there is an average person anymore, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think the mindset is I'm not special. And I am just a regular person who's looking for a, a, a fulfilling career or fulfilling path. And I think that if you have these grandiose ideas of who you are and what you can deliver and bring to the world and you're starting new, I think that's wonderful to get your engines revved up. But mm -hmm. my experience has been that it's humbling for, your, for you to start in a different line of work and but it's also at the same time to me it's exhilarating because I got to learn and expand my brain my my mind my awareness of different industries I got to meet amazing people um really pretty people in the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> they hire very pretty salespeople, men and women. Um, but, great, but, but great personalities. Really, yeah. really like salespeople have great personalities. So I was so, and not to say that lawyers don't have great personalities, but just different personalities. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you have to keep an open mind and remind yourself that just because You've accomplished something in your life in one area doesn't mean that that expands into the other areas of, of careers that you haven't yet touched. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's very true. And, and I, and keeping an open mind and also it's work. It's not, I mean, going through pharmaceutical training, going through getting my insurance brokerage exam, uh, being hired in New Jersey, having to take the New Jersey bar 10 years after I passed two other bars. Every time I took a new step, I was exhausted. <laughs> I exhausted yeah. myself because it's not easy. You've got to change gears and you're not only changing gears, you're being tested on it. And then you've got to, you know, put the energy into the changes. So there's a lot of commitment, but I don't want people to think that it's not worth it. It is worth it if you have that desire yeah. to change. And it's never, I'm 51 and I'm still evolving. Um, I just moved out of Manhattan and, and it's hard to find, it's hard to find a consistent yoga and meditation uh, practice space for me to teach at. I'm living on an island now. <laughs> um, Oh, cool. And I'm, yeah, and I'm looking at even different, I'm looking at different things. Right now I'm looking in real estate. Um, and again, I'm hearing the same thing, that she's a lawyer. You know, why would she start here entry level? So it's, to me, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that response. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, yoga and meditation will always be a part of 
of what I practice and what I would like to teach. I just don't know coming going forward how I'm going to be able to sustain my life um, and bills money-wise with yoga here where I am, whereas in New York City, uh, there was so many other variables and things that were in play that it was easy to maintain a career in yoga and not have to find another job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear that. And, and I think um, the, the point that you brought up in terms of uh, um, it being worth it, you know, I, that's, that's, that's really what it comes down to, I feel, you know, because I had, I had a, actually a similar journey, I, but I did go, you know, 10 years, 10 full years of litigation, trial work, appellate work, similar every week I was in court, you know, to then starting my business, I Matter Now, right? And starting the Attorney Heart Podcast to really spread the message of health and holistic wellness in the legal profession. And um, I have not looked back and I'm, I'm really, I continue to be really excited about meeting new folks, like you mentioned, who are doing excellent work in those areas around health and holistic wellness that I would not have otherwise been exposed to one and then also i feel because i did you know i never been a business owner before or an entrepreneur and because i did push myself out of my typical comfort zone which was going to the courtroom you know presenting a case advocating for someone that's where i've found the highest levels of growth both personally and professionally as well yeah so yeah um one aspect i wanted to get into because I know that, you know, this is, this has been part of your journey as well. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit, you know, what are some of the, the things that you have uh, learned in terms of either similarities, but most likely differences between Eastern and Western thought when it comes to nurturing ourselves? Um, I, I did an episode, you know, earlier in, in 2019, after I came back from India about, like very basic principles around, you know, quieting the mind, you know, living from the spirit, nurturing your body, managing your ego, you know, and it's kind of like even those very basic things seem to be opposed to <laughs> what we're, what we learn here in, 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 in the United States, you know, and in the Western yeah. world. But I wanted to, to pick your brain a little bit around what you've learned and, and, you know, what do you have to share with uh, attorney heart listeners? So I would say that we're a very Western science evidence-based society. And so people want facts and they want studies and they've done some studies, MRIs, and they're doing even more studies also on the benefits of meditation and yoga, um, which I think is amazing, but it's, taken that much to get it to be to be more accepted in the West Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of the practice of it I don't believe it's covered by insurance policies just yet and I'm not sure I actually I I have I have I have opinions about that we're Mm -hmm. having work for the insurance industry however um, I feel like the differences is that it's, it, you know, you've been to India and 
you probably saw I traveled from the south to the north. So I was in a bunch of different regions. But a lot of Indian people don't practice yoga. Mm-hmm. And it's not thread into their political system even, or the philosophy is still very different than, so when I say East, Eastern practices or philosophies, it's more philosophies that were trickled down to a certain few Indians who then brought it over to the West. Mm. Um so even if even in the yoga classes that I taught in New York City, I didn't have a lot of people from India in my classes. It was a whole variety of ethnicities. Um, but I would say that it was more Western-based people who were looking for something that was uh, that was something deeper. Hmm. So when we talk about East and West, there is an Eastern philosophy and an, a Western, a West, and the Western sort of, uh, I guess, capitalism is one of the words that you could use to say that, you know, why isn't it, why isn't it more prevalent in a sort of a capitalist society, democratic society? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, it's it's a matter of the benefits that you get from yoga and meditation. You get some right off the bat, but a lot of the benefits are sustained with continued practice. And I also feel that the philosophy of yoga is very open, that it includes any and all religions that you can worship whatever it is that you want to to bring you to your source energy to bring you to your divine your god and i love that about yoga also but i think that people in the west have a misconception that it contradicts religion their religion or it is a religion in and of itself which i wouldn't say yoga is religion at all mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that's that's really helpful, and I appreciate your your insights on that. And you know, would would you say that one of those uh, uh, folks who who brought yoga from the east to the west was uh, Yogananda and uh, his autobiography of a yogi? I'm sure there's a lot, right? But yeah, there are sure, yeah, and yes, one of them definitely. Yeah, it's actually one of the books that inspired us to 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 go to India. So. Uh, book recommendation for folks who are interested. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people really like that book. What What would you say is a good place to start for someone who doesn't meditate at all right now, for someone who doesn't do yoga at all, and they are interested, you know, in in meditating and doing yoga for you and working with folks and in in becoming you know uh, an expert in this field what, what what would you say are some of the uh you know either location or just in general tips you know of, of how folks can get started well they can call me <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome uh, 
so that was a little knee plug. Um, so I went back. This is what I was told. Find to go to a studio if you want to start yoga or meditation. Go to a studio near you and then try out some classes and see if anything there resonates. If something there doesn't resonate, try a different studio with maybe a different styles of yoga because there's so many different styles of yoga and try out and see what resonates with you. The teacher makes a huge difference. Mm. So I found that people, if they like the teacher, it doesn't necessarily mean they love the yoga that's being taught. It's that they like the way it's being delivered. They like the tone that's being used. They like the words, the philosophy that's being thread in. They like, sometimes they like, you know, the, the fact that they sweat, they don't know, you know, what they were doing or they sweat or they took a hot yoga class and they just like the heat of it. And they like that sweating aspect of it. So I would say that the teacher has a lot to do with whether or not you would continue practicing. And also the style of yoga definitely makes a difference. Um, There's so many different styles. And I would also recommend very highly getting a private lesson from somebody, at least one, two, three one, at least one lesson, because when you take one private lesson, you realize, oh my God, that's where your foot's supposed to be. And a half of an inch can make a huge difference in yoga. Um, It really does. And so I've had so many students who I've worked privately with after years, they've come to me and they've said, well, you're very alignment oriented in your, the way you teach the yoga poses. So I want to get a little better idea about alignment. I've been injuring me and my shoulder hurts me. I don't know what's going on. And then I'll teach them in private practice and they'll be like, Oh my God, really? That's where you're supposed to do this with your arm, you know, in this pose or, or even like arm balances, just bend your elbow a little bit more, shift your weight this way on top of here a little bit more. And then just pick your feet up and they're like what you know or your hand placement makes a huge difference three inches six inches of your hand placement and arm balance can make a huge difference Mm -hmm. so if if this isn't taught a lot of classes aren't broken down unless you go to like Iyengar classes or a teacher who's um like yoga works breaks down a lot of their poses also but it's really helpful because a lot of what I heard from the students was, I wish I had done this when I started out. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I wish you did too, because now you've practiced for three to five years this way. And now it's going to be really hard to break down what you built up and rebuild it new. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would recommend. And you brought up the point of there being a lot of different types of yoga. What would you say are, you know, some of the, um, I don't want to, I don't even know if it's right to say like the more common types of yoga or, or the ones that people hear of the most. Uh, but I, I'll ask it this way. What would you say are uh, the ones that you feel tend to bring um, a lot of benefit based on your experience? Well, from what I saw at the studio where I taught mostly in Manhattan, 
it mm. was mostly the hot classes, which were the most popular classes. Mm. Um, and I think probably because there, there's a, a level of energy in a hot class, I also think that the, the heat helps to relax people's muscles. And so for people who are not feeling super flexible or tight, they like that warm up of muscle of their muscles before they even get started by stepping into the hot room. Mm. Um, and it, and they, you know, they, when they're done, they're dripping and they feel great. You know, they, they, they feel like they really worked out, but for those, for other studios where they haven't like sort of a hot room, I would say the more popular classes are, a vinyasa style vinyasa meaning you're moving moving with your breath and you're moving in sync with your breath so like you inhale lift your right leg up exhale step your right foot forward inhale reach your arms up warrior one you know kind of that so mm. where and the vinyasa styles range very very much from some play rock and roll music, some play no music, some play light music. Um, some teachers go at a faster pace. They do more, they do more advanced poses in them. Some don't. So I think that generally speaking, a vinyasa class is the next most popular after hot. Got it. Okay. And I wanted to, you already did a little bit of a plug, but I want to give you, you know, a good, a good, uh, a good amount of space for you to tell us, you know, what do you have coming up that folks can uh, connect with you on in terms of events? Where can they go in terms of website? How can folks reach out to you? Give it, give it all to us, uh, Karen. Okay. So right now I'm going to be doing, I'm already, I'm training in New York city um, next weekend, October 19th weekend for yoga therapeutics uh, and healthcare. And unless they're already enrolled, they can for the whole 100 hour, they can do little bits and pieces. So to contact me, it would be the best thing to do on my website, karennuri.com, K-A-R-E-N-N-O-U-R-I.com, and just shoot me an email. Um, I'm also doing a charity event, which is coming up on October 20th. I went to Kenya and volunteered in an orphanage. So if anybody wants to take a class in New York City, it's a donation-based class, and it would be more of a vinyasa style with meditation in it. And that's October 20th at Pure East. Otherwise, I would say what sort of comes up for me every week on Facebook is Meditation Mondays. And that's with the Prima Yoga Institute, P-R-E-M-A, Prima Yoga Institute on Facebook. And I'll be eventually moving into some online training courses for meditation. So um, if anybody wanted to... What I love and what is my favorite to teach is now more of the meditation, mindfulness um, practices threaded with some yoga philosophy, which is philosophy, um, which is very general philosophy about the way to yoga, which is the way to union with your higher source is by 
controlling the fluctuations, the ripplings of the mind. And so I think that is something that everybody can relate to, that we want to try to control the outer world or other people. But what yoga teaches us is the only person that we can control is ourselves. And we don't even have control over that. <laughs> so it gives us a ground, a grounding, a foundation to just enhance our lives and take our power back. So for anybody who's interested in doing meditations um, or mindfulness or learning more about yoga philosophy and empowering themselves by learning how to work with your own mind and breath. That's something that I offer um, also, and that could be done via Skype, FaceTime, phone, you know, from an island, <laughs> from my island. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate you letting us know of just the different ways that, that folks can connect with you. Um, Cause you've obviously learned a lot and, you know, you, you've um, definitely been sharing a lot of the information that, that you've learned with others. And I know that you're going to continue to do so. So I, I really, again, appreciate it. And uh, I'll definitely include your website on the podcast show notes and um, that way folks can access it from there as well. Um, so Karen, I want to give you the last word, you know, um, what would you want to leave our listeners with um, in terms of yoga, meditation? You know, what is one piece of powerful advice that you think folks can really benefit from, um, especially, you know, the folks that are listening who are also attorneys, who are future attorneys who are in law school, you know, potentially going to be uh, looking at the bar exam in the next months, you know, folks who are going through all of that, what would you uh, like to leave them with? Um, to be authentic to yourself, first and foremost, and to find that there's, there's an infinite amount of possibilities out there. And whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it probably in some way, shape, or form. And it doesn't mean that you have to leave the practice of law to do something that you find fulfilling or purpose-built like I did. I think there's many ways to cut a pie. Um, so I would just say do some self-reflecting, dig deep, and be authentic to yourself and what is realistic also that you can accomplish in the means that are with the means that you have in front of you and doesn't mean that you need to know every step of the way you just need to know the first step maybe the first two steps um to either make a switch or to add something into your life i love it i love it thank you karen and who knows i mean you might get some folks calling you to ask you about your your transition in more detail you know and uh, getting some of that that support themselves um, as they make their own, right? Um, yeah. Awesome, Karen. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you you being on and sharing, um, you know, some of your wisdom because I know you have a lot more. But um, if we extracted it all, we'd be here for hundreds of hours. So, um, <laughs> yeah, not, not that much wisdom. <laughs> I'm not that wise yet. Well, dozens of hours at least then. <laughs> awesome, Karen. Well, 
Uh, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Attorney Heart Podcast. Uh, as always, I really appreciate you and I look forward to catching you at the next episode. Karen, have a great one and thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, everyone. This is Fernando, your host of Attorney Heart. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode. If you enjoyed this episode, definitely subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. And if it can benefit anyone that you know, please share it. Attorney Heart is brought to you by iMatterNow, I-M-A-T-E-R-N-O-W. Please make sure to check our website at imatternow.com. Again, I-M-A-T-E-R-N-O-W.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Every day presents an opportunity to engage in self-care. And remember that it is not selfish to take care of your well-being. It is necessary. So take care and connect with you on the next Attorney Heart episode.